Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marcus Sparks. And today we're talking about S5 E10, a dark alley. Dark alley. Dark alley, that's A-L-I, obviously, not not an alleyway. Down this dark alley, two podcasters must go. We're not themselves podcasters, I don't know if that works. I don't know if that um, works. This is written by Lila Baraz, directed by Arlene Sanford. Mm-hmm. This is a a fun episode. This episode, at least to me, I, I guess in summary, I would say you really kind of like the theories are like going wild. I, like like something happens at the beginning of the episode, and you like you shift one way, and you think this is what's happening, and then there's like a reversal in the middle, and then like another reversal at the end. You know. Well, as with a lot of season five, there's a lot of dark tension, and it's. It's not just like tension. It's like a kind that I don't think you ever expected on this mm-hmm. show, let alone usually get in TV shows. I think that, that, you know, some shows zig and some shows zag. And meanwhile, PLL is like, blah, 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 you know, over here. Well, I was That's really not a technical convinced, analogy, but. Yeah, I was really convinced at the start of this episode that Cyrus was uh, working for Tanner. And then halfway through the episode, I was like, he's for sure working for A. And then at the end of the episode, we'll get to that. Yeah. So we, we open with actually a really cool shot of Cyrus. He's like looking at his reflection in the interrogation room in like the two-way mirror. And the camera kind of like moves around from his reflection to him. And then it moves like right through the wall to the other side. And we see that uh, Kenneth DeLaurentis and Tanner are watching him. Mm-hmm. And nice like overlay of like their reflections on top of him. Ken's like, I hope you can tell me his name. It's a nice shot. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? It's Cyrus Petrillo. Tanner says. So Candy Laurentis asks how they found him. Lieutenant Tanner says that Ashy Marin's neighbor saw a man lurking in the yard. And Ken's <laughs> like, I hope he's admitted everything. And Tanner says, uh, no, his story matches Allison. The abduction, the blindfold, her escape. I'm telling you the same thing I told Ashy Marin and your daughter. Not a word of this to anyone until, until we get enough evidence to press charges. But we need to make sure this man is who he says he is. So Ken asks where his daughter is. Um, he's very emotional. Yeah, He's always very emotional. Yeah. Flustered. Yeah, he's always, always the just bringing the, uh, like the stick in the back of his throat, you know. Yeah, the stick up his ass, and the other end reaches the back of his throat. Um, so Allison's like sitting in another room at the police station. She's looking at Cyrus Petrillo's mugshot. I like the the opening shot here where the camera is like above her, looking down, and it kind of like swoops around her. Yeah. Uh, Tanner opens the door. Candy Limitus comes in. He asks Allison, "This is the guy. Is this the man that hurt her?" She she kind of takes a breath and then turns to her dad and like emotionally says it she doesn't know. Yeah, because she shouldn't. Because uh, in this next, you know, we cut to Allie in her room. Like the, there's a liar wall facing off against her here. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer's like, you said you don't know. And Allie's like, what was I supposed to say, Spencer? And Allie's like, how about no? And Allie reminds him, I was blindfolded. You know, like I'm not supposed to be able to identify this guy one way or the other. Well, this is a nice shot too because in in her room we see the liar wall, and then beyond them we see the mirror mm-hmm, where we can vanity. see Allison like facing off them. It's it's really interesting that they get all of your characters set up in this one shot. Um, but yeah, so Allison's like, well, how's, "What was I supposed to say, Spencer?" And Emily's like, "How about no?" 
And Allison's like, you know, I was blindfolded, remember? And Spencer's like, I'm sorry. Do we seriously have to remind you that you were never actually kidnapped? Well, I, I just want Allie to feel like, come on, Spencer, like, keep up. You know, like, yeah. I can't, I'm not supposed to be able to know one way or the other. Right, right. Otherwise, it would seem like I was making up the story. So Arya points out that right now there's a man being questioned by the police for a crime that never happened. And Emily says this has to be A. Since Allison said that the guy knew about the rock that hit her and where she was kept and what mattress she slept on. Uh, Hannah Spencer realized that this is the same story that Allison told the doctor and told to Holbrook the night they came back to Rosewood. And Arya says it doesn't matter Everybody how got A- that? Yeah. Arya says it doesn't matter how A got this story. It's what A is going to do with it. Um, I have more to say about Arya in this episode. Yeah. But Allison's like... If A is behind this, then then that's exactly this guy's going to run to when he panics. And Hannah asks, like, you know, what are you saying? And Allison's saying, I'm saying if I can make this guy think that he's going to go down for this, then we can follow him to A and finally win this game. And it's like, great, we win the game. We find out who A is. What happens when we lose? I would really love it if Allie just like smiled here and it's just like, relax, Arya. I plan for all outcomes. Or like just infuriatingly like just like blew her a kiss yeah well it's just like hey, chill out Allie's well, got this they, they, i feel like, like they we'll get to it later but i feel like they really condescend to Allie in this episode hmm. i don't think yes, they're taking no. her seriously I think you enough could, you could say that there's some communication issues on all side uh so after the credits we're in outside allison's house the four liars are walking out there's a cop car and some officers and Hannah asks, isn't it weird that we haven't gotten an A message about this yet? And Arya's like, no, we don't need a creepy text to read the writing on the wall. The second that Ali says that he kidnapped her, we're going to find out that Cyrus Pachillo is a sheep farmer in Montana who couldn't have possibly have done this. And then the whole world's going to know that Ali is a big fat liar. Before we move on, I think we need to talk about these outfits. Yeah. Uh, I think Spencer might have raided Arya's closet because she has on like these kind of like, you know, like ankle high boots, a like. Like light plaid leggings, like green and, and red plaid leggings. Mm-hmm. And then like one of those like Aria tops where it's like black, but it has like spikes on the shoulders. Uh, But Hannah also, you know, fittingly dabbled into those. Yeah, that's true. Hannah does. Um, Hannah, on the other hand, very cool look like this, like really short, like, you know, like cut off jean miniskirt. Hannah with... is wearing an outfit that I could very well have seen Emily wearing. Wearing maybe i mean knee-high boots the the short denim skirt and then she has on like a a long sleeve white shirt and then over that this kind of a like military cut short sleeve shirt that's all in black mm-hmm. with like a ranking sydney on the side yeah it's a cool yeah. look she's Great. got a she's like a lieutenant commander sassy um like yeah, she like, she's like the uh like the captain of like a a coffee shop yeah, <laughs> I would not be shocked if somebody like wrote in and told us that like Emily wore this like back in like season three. I don't think so. Um, I feel like I'd remember it. I mean, Paige like, wore something similar when she had the Boy Scout outfit. And this looks a lot better than Hannah. Uh, and Arya, she's wearing like a coat, so you can't really see her dress till later. But it's a it's an adorable dress. It's like a, some soft pastels, some I weird shapes. Call it adorable. I, I'm not a fan of those colors. Uh, the color mint. Not a fan of mint. Let's put it that way. Mint colored. Um, mm-hmm. it's a dress that's like it's. It's it's very normal, but it's also very Arya at the same time. I think. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think Arya's probably like like looking at her closet each morning, like befuddled, like what do I do? Like Hannah's stepping on my game now. I got Spencer stepping yeah. on my game. Like what the hell do I do? Meanwhile, Emily just has like some super tight black pants, like a white top, and a like a pink plaid uh, button up shirt on over it. Yeah, yeah. Spencer's outfits, especially 
interesting. Spencer's idea. outfit's going to get even better later in the episode. We'll oh, I mean, I, you know, I noticed that we we don't talk about the fashion as much as we used to, but I think it comes back in this episode mm-hmm. for reals. Yeah. So anyway, Hannah says, you know, Arya's saying about how the whole world's going to know Allie's a big fat liar, and Hannah says, and us. Right now, we're just as big and fat as she is. And Emily's like, hey, guys, keep your voices down. Yeah, Because there's, like, cops, like, five feet away. Yeah. And it's, like, too late for that, Emily. Yeah. Spencer says, yeah, thank God that cops are here so we don't have to worry about being imaginary kidnapped. (laughs) Like, Spencer don't give a fuck. No, no. Uh, Arya says that once Tanner finds out that the kidnapping starts to lie, that they're going to find out about New York and Shauna real quick. And then I like says, how, um, like most of Arya's contribution to the sleuthing this season is purely self-interested to like oh, avoid yeah. her murder charge. Yeah. Well, it's like it, she's solely there in these group meetings in case the others forgot that she killed Shauna. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and yet, that's and yet no she one gives, she, she doesn't give Allie any credit for trying to protect her from that, you know? No, I mean, the others do whenever they do give Allison any kind of credit, but not Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily says that Allie's not an idiot and won't walk into an obvious A trap. And Spencer says that they don't know that. Everyone heard her in there. And Spencer adds, once more, Allie has gone rogue. Yeah, she's gone rogue. Spencer really likes saying that lately, and I think yeah. it's because Allie's encroaching on her leadership. I think the only other phrase that Spencer needs to work into her repertoire is like Maverick. Mm-hmm. Allie's a real Maverick right now, you guys. Arya says, okay, well, somebody needs to go back in there and make sure she doesn't ID this guy. And they all just stare at Emily. Mm-hmm. And he's like, right, well, Emily, yeah? Spencer's like, yeah. And Emily's face is like, what the fuck? Uh, well, she's like, Spencer's the convincing one. And yeah. Arya says, Emily, yeah, but you're the hardest to disappoint. Spencer says, it's about your eyes. And then she does this like kind of funny expression as she nods. Well, she immediately rolls her hard to disappoint eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Emily's just like, awesome. So he, she heads back inside and Hannah sighs. And she's like, how's your mom doing, Arya? And Arya says, she's heartbroken. And Hannah's like, God, it's so awful. I mean, first your dad cheats on her. Then her sleazebag boyfriend hits on me. And Spencer's like, Hannah, she was there. She doesn't need a play-by-play. And Hannah's like, I'm just sorry, that's all. And Arya thanks her, asks if she needs a ride. It's all funny, like, whenever these two make up, they get, like, super nice to each other. You know, but also, <sighs> Hannah's just saying what we're all thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, they see that Spencer's, like, fondling that big envelope from last week. And when asked what it is, Spencer says, it's Noel Khan's insurance policy. It's everything Shauna gave to Jenna to prove that Allison wasn't dead. So, Arya, like, kind of looks at it. She says that Tanner would love to get her hands on this. It proves that Allison was talking Wouldn't to Shauna. Wouldn't she, Arya? Wouldn't huh? she? Yeah. Uh, when she's supposed to be dead. And Hannah's like, you mean kidnapped. And Arya's like, Allie doesn't know you have this, right? So she says no. And she's heading to her house right now to stash it as they're like walking towards the car of Spencer's house. And Arya's asked if you know, Spencer's house is safe enough. And Spencer's like, don't worry, I have a spot. Nobody knows about it. And Hannah's like, a spot? And Spencer's like, no one else knows about it. Uh, which is funny because we already know that A knows about it. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah says, well, maybe you should just tell us where this is, you know, just in case something were to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Hmm. It's very casual, Hannah. Maybe too casual. You like, Hannah if, if you're going to work in your Hannah is A theories, I think you got to include this bit. Yeah. She's like, oh, maybe you should tell me. And Spencer's just like, opens the car door. Bye, Hannah. Like, <laughs> The only thing that defeats that is that A already has. Like, A already knows yeah. Spencer's spot. True, true. Um, yeah, so she's like, bye, Hannah. So Arya says to Spencer, be careful, please. Spencer says that she will. So we go back to Allison's bedroom, uh, where Allison's on the bed, and Emily stands there and talks to her. Emily's, like, making her pitch to Allison. She tells her that the others are right. If Allison identifies this guy, it'll be way too easy for A to prove that she's lying. Plus, Emily adds, they don't even know where this Cyrus bro came from. I really want Allie to just be like, seriously, Emily? 
I just need you to fucking trust me on this. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. it's like they've been crawling up her ass for like six or seven episodes now about this. Well, so here's your thing, though. That's the point is that mm-hmm. Allison needs to say that. Yeah. You know, uh, Allie's like, I get it. I'm OK. I do. But I can't just say this guy's innocent. And Emily says, why not? Uh, and it's like, keep up, Emily. Uh, and Emily's like, I mean, Allie, it's, it, but then before they can continue this conversation, Kenneth Dillard just knocks and walks right in. He's surprised to see Emily here. He's like, oh, Emily, hi. I was hoping to talk to my daughter alone. Um, but he basically's like, Emily, could I have a word? Uh, and Allie's like, dad I already told her. And he's like, Al, you were not supposed to do that. He's such a square. Yeah. He, he calls her Al too. Yeah. And yeah. Allie says, Emily helped save my life. Uh, she deserves to know what's going on. And he says, the person who you should be talking to is Tanner. That man knew every detail. How would he know that unless he did it? Also, I think he killed your mom. Please tell people he did that, please. I hope you can take the fall for that. <laughs> uh, Emily's just, like, standing around awkwardly now. Just like, mm, I don't know why I'm still here. <laughs> this should be taught in acting class. <laughs> this is the very definition of, like, how to communicate worthily to the audience that you're trying to look invisible. Yeah. Yeah, and... uh where are we at here? Uh, uh, he, he kind of sits down on the bed next to Allie as Emily just stands around awkwardly, and he's just like, you know, he can cont- he confessed already. Please said this is the same the same man like could have killed your mom and Bethany Young, and it's like I'll bet you would love that if he could take the fall for your murder. Yeah, yeah. Emily like she straight up like sneers at this suggestion. Well, he as he's talking to Austin, he keeps looking up at her to mm-hmm. imply that she's in on this, and he's telling Austin they all support her and wanting the same thing. They put this man away for a very long time, and then he, as we discussed, <laughs> this dealerentist move. He looks up at Emily and gives her like this eye gesture, like jump in, like back me up on this. Or yeah. and, and Emily's she, just like, uh, yeah, we uh, we all want you safe. Yeah. <laughs> And Kenneth says, whatever you're afraid of, please don't be. This man's behind bars, and all we have to do is keep him there. And it's like, uh, good job talking her out of it, Emily. Yeah. It, that, that is, like, the tension in this episode. Like, her, Allie's dad is totally hard on it. You have to identify this guy. And the liars are, of course, like, you can't identify this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's like, on one hand, I guess this would be the normal reaction of a father whose daughter's been through this situation. No, and it's who hard killed to- his wife and has so far gotten away from it, for, with it and wants somebody else to take the fall. But I guess you could say if we're playing like a theory poker here, we're mm. all in on the Ken kill Jessica De Laurentiis theory. And nothing here is like telling us that we're wrong. I've never been so sure of anything in my fucking life. This guy fucking walks. Mm. Um, so in Montgomery House, uh, Ella's sitting on the couch wearing a hoodie and uh, no makeup. Uh, she's got a legal pad in front of her and she's uh, making all of her calls to cancel wedding shit. Well, she's got the hair up and like this like very messy, like half-assed ponytail. This is, she's, this, huh. is, this is the look you have after your fiance uh, hits on a high school girl. Yeah, and you're st- trying to stay hydrated just for the tears. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting sassy with the person on the phone, which is basically like, no, I don't need the reschedule because I don't need to book a banquet for one. And um, Ari comes in. She's like, Mom. And Ella hangs up with a deep sigh as Ari comes around. She's like, Mom, you don't have to do that right now. Ella just wants to get it over with. Uh, and Aria has like a tray of food she walks over with. And she says, well, Mike says she haven't eaten all day. Um... And then she gets this very chipper voice. She's like, it's pesto and mozzarella, your favorite. Which, like, a pesto and mozzarella sandwich? What the fuck? What is that even like? Yeah. It... What, are there noodles in it? Like, mm. It's like a, I mean, it's like a, kind of like, like a pesto spread? I don't know. I, yeah. It's like some kind of, like, boutique like pesto fucking sauce bakery and, and mozzarella cheese. Yeah, but so, like, also I just noticed here that her dress, well, I'd say is grounded and somewhat cute she's uh added like a cheetah print belt because aria's got an aria mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so Ella takes the plate, tells her Arya was incredibly sweet of her to make for this, but she doesn't feel up to eating, so she sets it down on the table, and Arya is just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ella's in her own little pity party. Uh, she says, uh, I should have seen this coming. I was too old for him. I was too trusting. And Arya's like, this has nothing to do with your age, and it's not your fault. Which I, I feel like Arya, like, nobody else has to worry about age problems mm-hmm. in their relationship because no. she doesn't ever want to have to deal with that. Yeah, and Ella's like, there were signs, Arya, and I just drove right past them because I wanted to believe that it could work. I wanted to believe that he could change. And Arya's like, hey, you're the one who taught me that the second chances exist. Uh, your bliss is still ahead of you. And it's funny, Arya's like, she's doing her, like, a lot of, like, reach out to, like, touch the other person. Like, you know, affectations of compassion here. And Ella says, honey, when I said that, I was talking about Zach. Because so. Yeah, these two are, like, the Hall and Oates of, like, soft rock self-denial oh and that uh, shit's just bleak or it's yeah. just like your bliss is still ahead of me you told me that and she's like yeah i was talking about this guy who's a shithead and it's and, like okay uh mm, that got and it was it was pretty clear i think when ella first told Arya that mm-hmm. <laughs> so Arya takes the legal pad and says that she'll make the rest of the calls because the last thing ella needs to do is recount her breakup to a bunch of strangers and ella looks like she's going to transmogrify into a gelatinous ball of tears well, it's, I don't know, maybe a little tactless on Arya's part. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think The last thing you need that. to do is recalculate breakup to a bunch of strangers. And I was just like, oh, my God, my daughter's such an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. we go to uh, Caleb's recovery cabin. Yeah. Uh, Hannah is throwing away junk food and shit, and Caleb's just, like, standing around. I had that same trash can. Fist bump Caleb. Right. Mm-hmm. Actual bad trash cans. Um. So she's throwing away like beer bottles and like food and shit like that. And he's like, how the hell did a get somebody to confess? Because a is amazing. Caleb mm-hmm. Hannah says she doesn't know. So he asks, what, what is Allie going to do? And Hannah's like, whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, so she, she moves into the living room, more trash and Caleb's like, well, I think you should find out, uh, you know what this is. And Hannah's just like, Nope. And she throws some pizza slices away. And Caleb's just like, uh, I was eating that. And it's like, that is gross. Caleb, that pizza looked like it'd been there for like three days. Yeah. Uh, and she, Hannah just like crinkles her nose and goes to the kitchen. She's like attacking the fridge now. And Kayla's just like, I, Hannah, Hannah, what are you doing? I literally wrote down. Hannah then goes to attack the contents of the fridge. <laughs> she's getting shit done is what she's doing. She had her like, like, I feel like she's come out of the dark Hannah saga now, you know? Yeah. She's got, yeah. She's got, she's got her fucking friends to believe her for one. She's got some validation and, and now she's, well, she's cleaning things up. Her fashion and her hair are still the same. So I feel like we're led to believe that Hannah is still, like, she's changed mm-hmm. after the dark Hannah saga. She's come yeah. out of the Siege Perilous and uh, she's new Hannah. Well, I feel like there's something thematic about the, uh, like, military cut shirt she's wearing, you know? Mm. And she's she's on a warpath now. She's on a mission. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, he asks her, you know, what are you doing? And she points out that none of this shit is good for him. She's just like, soda, beer, soggy nachos. It's poison, Caleb. And she asked him when was the last time they ate a vegetable that wasn't battered and fried. And he's just like, enough trash talking my diet. What is going on here? It's kind of funny. Like, Hannah's, like, unleashing, like, Spencer powers right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I I thought it was funny, too. Like, we'll talk about this later because a similar moment happens to another couple. Mm -hmm. But Caleb just assumes that this all has something to do with something else. And I think he's actually got good reason to believe that because it's not like anything that Caleb's ingesting here except for copious amounts of alcohol is not something that normal hannah healthy happy hannah mm-hmm. wouldn't eat on a regular basis somewhat yeah but i think she'd somewhat I think she realizes that like uh, they're kind of turning into white trash losers 
you know. Yeah, trying and to amazingly, that. they haven't put on like 500 pounds. Yeah, and um, so Hannah's like, nothing. Just another day in the life of Allison DeLaurentis. She's in the driver's seat of my life, and I'm supposed to just watch her steer me off a cliff? I'm sick of it. And Caleb's like, okay, well, then toss her, not my fried zucchini. And Hannah throws away this fried zucchini anyway. <laughs> and she says, you know, the other day, Mrs. Adenolfi made an announcement about chorus auditions for a solo, and all the girls start freaking out. And now she's, like, unpacking, like, you know, vegetables and healthy shit from a grocery bag. And she says, and then I thought, wow, what's that like? To lose sleep over some stupid chorus audition. I mean, is that what normal people do? They go to football games and wave pom-poms and freak out over a chorus solo? I'd say that kind of reminds me of my high school experience. I, I want to say, like, you have to give a certain kind of credit to PLL here now that I think about it. Because a lesser show would have followed the cliches and made Hannah a cheerleader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like like that, that's how they yeah, would like, her. don't exist in Rosewood. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> that's sure how they would have viewed her. Um, but Caleb's like, you know, normal people are not being hounded by A. Besides, you don't care about that stuff. And Hannah says that maybe she should. So she starts like putting like the fixings for a salad in Caleb's fridge. And she says, "Look, I don't know what I'm gonna do about Allison, but I am going to that stupid audition." Which is, hey, good for you, Hannah. I guess I don't know. I. I, I feel like I can identify uh, with Hannah's, pre- not, I don't know, predicament, but high school situation here. Because from junior year on, I was, like, so busy uh, on, like, the yearbook and newspaper stats that, like, it felt like I barely even went to high school anymore. I just, like, worked there. Plus, you couldn't get up in time to go to your first period of class. No, God. But, like, I, I, I can remember, like, working in the, our journalism room and thinking, like, oh, the homecoming game is happening right now. I should go take a picture of that and then just come back, you know, like... I feel like I did in some ways kind of miss the, you know, quote unquote, normal high school experience, which is maybe why I like watching these shows. Because of like the Lucas experience? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Lucas. That's why I hate him so much. Uh, uh, Caleb's face is like, oh, whatever. And then his face is like, oh, green food. Um, so Spencer's bedroom. Spencer comes rushing in. She's on the phone with Emily asking how it went with Allison. Uh, we see, you know, crosscut that Emily is walking down the street with Rose with a coffee cup in her hand. She says that she's unclear how it went since she kind of got kicked out by Candy Laurentis. And she's like, uh, did you find a place for the thing from you know who? And Spencer's like, are we speaking in code now? Well, there's this weird thing that happens where uh, some dude like kind of like almost walks right into Emily on the street and she like sneers at him. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what, what we're supposed to get from that, but it's a funny moment. Uh, and it was like, seems like a good idea. And Spencer's like, Roger Wilco. Yeah, and she says, uh, yeah, we still need a more permanent solution. We've got a temporary one. What are you up to? And she's, like, pulling all the pillows and cushions off that red chair where we know her hiding place is. Mm-hmm. And Emily says she's avoiding the brew as much as possible. Zach apparently has gone back to Austria, but the place is still tainted. LOL. So I guess Zach is like, I'm just going to go back to being a pastry chef in a castle in Europe. Well, it's like, we definitely addressed the question. Because I, th- I know we had this after watching uh, March of Crimes, mm-hmm. like, where are they, they going to get coffee? Are they just going to scuttle that location and yeah. like go back to the, the grill? But it's like, I, I feel like they're letting you know, eventually we're going back to the brew. <laughs> I, that was one of my main questions after watching the last episode. Because right now she, she looks at her coffee cup and she says, have you tried, uh, have you ever tried Blue Light Cafe? And Spencer's like, no. And Emily's like, good. Well, don't. And she just like tosses that coffee in the trash. Like apparently it's just heinous. Yeah. So... Clearly, they they have a problem here. They they need a coffee shop. Yeah, Spencer opens up the secret cubby under the chair cushion, and she gasps. Emily asks, "What's wrong?" And Spencer says, "It's gone." The recording Allison gave her the story told the medical exam. It's gone. And Emily's like, "Gone as in stolen, or gone as in?" And Spencer's like looking around frantically, and she's like, "This isn't code, Emily. It's gone as in not here." And she's like, "Just give me a second, okay?" And she's 
flipping out. She's like looking under the chair, like or under her bed, around the chair. And then like, she's like, Spencer, Spencer. So he just hangs up. Uh, and Spencer's like, she's just like throwing pillows behind her as Melissa walks in and kind of yeah. like dodges one. Like Spencer's like bent over back to the open mm-hmm. door and Melissa walks in looking bright and lovely and kind of delightfully odious. Well, and- it's, she has just like a very simple like navy blue dress on, kind of like a high-waisted dress and very, she, very yeah prim and proper and sinister very, a little stepfordish you know just prim and just proper and poisonous yeah describe it uh and like you know very silently enters and she's just like need any help and spencer like recoils <laughs> as she realizes her sister is there spencer's like i thought you already left and Melissa's like we forgot the grocery list looking for something or just redecorating and spencer's like i just i dropped my pen what do you want melissa and like it's like she's not even bothering to lie convincingly you know yeah yeah and was just like, Mom wanted me to check, see if he'd, he'd like anything special for dinner tonight. And Spencer's brain is clearly like so far away from dinner. And then her phone rings, which her phone's on the ground. And Melissa just reaches down to pick it up and she holds it out. And she's like, take it. I'll wait. Then Spencer picks it up. She's like, Emily, I'll have to call you back later. She's looking away from Melissa. She mm-hmm. does that. But it's not Emily on the line. We it's hear the recorded the of voice tape. of Allie. Yeah. And we hear, he followed me to the yard. And then he hit me with that rock. The next thing I knew, I woke up blindfolded. I can't sleep. Even now, I I, I can still hear him breathing. Well, you can just see Spencer's blood run cold as she's listening to this. Yeah, uh, she looks so grave. She hangs up the phone. Uh, like Melissa's been watching this the whole mm-hmm. time. Asks if something is wrong. And Spencer's not looking. Something at wrong? <laughs> yeah, Spencer, like Melissa's or Spencer's trying to stay cool, and she just says, "Just tell mom we're out of peanut butter." Okay. Well, she she can like barely move. She says it in such a small voice, you know. Yeah. She's like, "Just tell mom we're out of peanut butter." Okay. But. Melissa has this look on her face like, oh, my God, my sister is such a psycho. Yeah, she's like, ugh. So she just leaves. Like, nice shot of uh, Spencer on her knees on the floor. It's kind of a wider shot. We kind of see how small she is, you know, in this big room. Like, not not good times for Spencer's uh, mental state right now. And then, of course, her phone beeps. It's her May. And it just says, checkmate, A. So she's like, fuck. After the commercial, it's the next day. Uh, Hannah and Caleb are jogging down Hannah Street. Hannah says that she's really glad they're doing this. He says he is too. Caleb's uh, got the uh, like the tank top with like the huge armholes. Yeah. And like the backwards cap. This is his he, jogging attire. He looks like he's just washed out of playing a grunge rocker and like a biopic about the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so just then Spencer's SUV drives past them and stops in front of them. <laughs> well, blasting music, by the way. I just want to make sure our audience is sitting down and prepared for what's about to happen here. Uh, Kayla recognizes that Spencer and Hannah doesn't want to deal with this. Spencer just, practically like jumps out of her car. <laughs> well, so Hannah's like, let's just go back the other way. And Caleb like, it's a loop, Hannah. Spencer well, just, hops out. Just ponder out. that. Like, people now want to run away when they see Spencer Hastings coming at them. Yeah, she and hops It's just out. like, oh shit, run away. It's she Spencer. power walks over to them. This is her most amazing outfit of all time. Yeah, this, um, I mean, she's got like black leggings, like knee high boots on, and then like a beige trench coat, but that's like sleeveless. It's like a, it's like an adventure smock. It's like a leather adventure smock. Oh, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's what like a, a very tight form fitting trench coat would look like, only if it had no sleeves. And then under it, she has like a dress shirt and tie on. She looks like the hero of the greatest steampunk or diesel punk story I've ever heard of. Uh, well, I mean, just, she looks just, like she's gonna go combat like baddies in like a like a an animated short by the Fleischer brothers. Well, just the whole 
like moment here where like Hannah and, and Caleb are just jogging along and Hannah or Spencer just like screeches up and jumps out of her car. Well, she's also got a, a white shirt and like a like a tie on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's wearing like an adventure smock that I think the Rocketeer would be jealous of. I honestly expect her to have like a cutlass in one hand and a luger in the other. Instead, she just has her iPad. And um, I mean, this might as well be like a time machine that she just flew up and landed yeah, she, in front of them. She's like, Hannah, when your mom said you were out on a run, I thought she was joking. And Hannah's like, well, seeing is believing, Spencer. And like Hannah and Caleb had to kind of slow up here. And Spencer's like, Caleb, can you just give us a second? And Hannah's like, no. And Spencer's like, no? And Hannah says, no, we're doing a loop. And Hannah's like, and Spencer's like, Hannah, this is important. And Hannah's just like grimacing, like, oh, God. And so Spencer's like, fine. Look, I just stayed up all night. Of course, of course you did. Mm-hmm. Just stayed up all night looking through surveillance footage in my backyard, trying to figure out who took the recording of Allie. And Hannah's like, okay, whatever it is, I- I'm just not interested. Those hands are going wild. <laughs> she says that. I love this. Hannah just like tosses that off between breasts and uh like spencer yeah she'd just stay up all night at a moment's notice and spencer's like you don't even know what it is yet and Hannah's like look i have to be on an audition in an hour i have to go and she just runs away mm-hmm. spencer's like what audition hannah are you seriously running away from me i'm faster than you hannah and i have a car excellent yeah man hannah not taking spencer seriously and spencer like becoming increasingly unhinged is just like mm. you just need to live in that moment because it's yeah. wonderful like I, if time stopped here like this minute just played over and over again I could be a neighbor on this street. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Caleb, this. like, kind of cuts Spencer off from, like, literally chasing after and tackling her. And it's just like, hey, just lay off, Spence. Spencer's like, what is going on? And he says, you asked me to help Hannah. That's what I'm doing. And he takes off jogging. Spencer's just standing in the middle of the street. Just like, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on? Am I the only one who hasn't gone friggin' crazy? <laughs> but, like, you know that you're on the tail end of a dark Hannah saga and not in a dark Spencer saga. Cause Spencer stayed up all night mm-hmm. and then put together this insane outfit. <laughs> it's such a wonderful outfit. I mean, she I looks like a crazy, like a uh, detective inspector. I would have killed to be a fly on the wall. When Mandy line brought this outfit out to try and Belisario. <laughs> yeah. And now people are literally running away from Spencer They They see her coming. They run. Uh, so of course, what's Spencer gonna do? Uh, she's got to go seek out Hannah Prime, aka yeah. Arya Montgomery. So we cut to the nighttime surveillance footage of her backyard in the barn, because that's what we cut to. Uh, we're in Arya's bedroom, like seen and seen us on a laptop. Spencer's like showing to Arya. In the footage, the barn lights come on, and a man approaches the barn. And Arya's like, "Who is that?" And Spencer's like, "Just watch." Well, let's let's, let's talk about this man. Okay. A uh, man in dark clothing, long sleeve shirt, uh, with like the cuffs slightly rolled up, and a, a baseball cap on. Now, I, I feel like immediately the obvious choice here would be Ezra, right? Because we're not going to see this dude's face. Uh, Well, I know who they want us to believe it is. Who do you think they want it to, us to believe it is? I think that they're, as the scene is going to tell us in like 30 seconds, they want us to believe it's Cyrus Petrillo. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Ezra comes to mind. Ren, maybe. Uh, I have a couple other theories that I can't get to you until we uh, t- talk about the Christmas special. Hmm. But, um, hmm. yeah, who who is this mysterious character? And Spencer's like, just watch. And Melissa comes out of her barn and hands something to this guy. Yeah. Arya's like, she just gave him something, right? And Spencer's like, yeah, that's not all. Watch what she's saying. Well, then and, she hits a few keys and zooms in on Melissa's face. Yeah, and I love this. Like Spencer kind of like speaks for Melissa, like kind of lip reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's saying, do it. Trust me. Do it. And Arya's like, when was this? And Spencer says it was three m- nights ago, less than 24 hours before Cyrus Petrillo confessed. 
And Ari's like, wait, you think the guy in the video in your backyard is Ali's fake kidnapper that I Melissa stole believe. the recording and gave it to him? I can't believe you think the guy in the video yeah. in your backyard. Yeah. Um, so Spencer's like, we already know that she's working for Mona. So why not A2? And Ari jumps up and is like, that's going to make my head explode. That's why. Oh, my God. Do you think Melissa sent that text? And it's like at this moment, like, I almost feel like, oh, you're such a good liar, Arya. Like, clearly yeah. you sent that text. Well, uh, Spencer says, you know, maybe. I mean, she always liked chess. Spencer is just glad that finally somebody, Arya, mm-hmm. is freaking out about this in an appropriate manner. Seriously. Yeah, she's like, look, Arya, we cannot take any more chances. We have to cut the cord with Allie before she drags us down with her. And Arya's like, what are you saying? Spencer says, I'm saying we use what we got from Noel. The pictures, the conversations with Shauna, because they prove Allie is alive and decidedly unkidnapped for the past two years. And Allie's like, okay, and, and like, how does this help us? Spencer says, we go to Tanner, we tell her the truth, that we thought Allie was dead up until Ravenswood. And Arya's just shaking her hand, head, because this is a terrible plan. Like, going to the cops never, ever works for these girls. Like, you should know better, Spencer. But I don't think that's why Arya's shaking her head. Yeah, somewhat. Uh, I guess Spencer's like, the only thing that we know about the past two years, whatever Allie told us, and that she lied to us, just like she lied to them. And Arya's like, okay, but what about New York? We can't just come half clean. And Spencer says, I know, but we tell her what happened there to, you know, it was self-defense, you were protecting us, that's the truth. And then Arya delivers, like, one of her great lines in the show. She says, but the truth doesn't amount to much, much when it comes from a bunch of liars. <laughs> Man, I just want to frame that line. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect summation of the predicament, you know? Yeah. Your, your truth doesn't amount to much when it comes from a bunch of fucking liars. Spencer sighs, and Arya is like, Spencer, the whole reason I'm freaking out about the Cyrus thing is because it could lead Tanner to the theater. Now you want to beat A to the punch? And Spencer says exactly. It's better if it comes out from us. So Arya has to ponder that Spencer's right. Eh, I don't know. I mean, maybe a little, but Arya's Spencer, clearly not too Spencer keen on his is, plan because it's, right. it's Arya's ass on the line, not Spencer's here. Yes, but Spencer is right. There is no other, like, like avenue. So, like, the way people have to view the show is there's, in reality, what would you do? What should you do in hindsight, you know? And then there's, like, does it fit, like, in the, the logic of the show? And a lot of people complain. And I think, yes, it fits logically in the show why they would never go to the cops. But it, I think every time they for, go to the cops, it's something bad happens and it gets worse. True. But I think Spencer's point is we take the oxygen out of the fire. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, there isn't a lot in season five that disproves for me that Arya couldn't be a like it's just about reframing your perspective for the motive of certain actions mm-hmm. and i think especially this scene like it totally seems like Arya's a and now she's having to think on her feet to confuse well, spencer well even if she isn't though it's like it's her ass on the line here spencer can talk all she wants about how like this is the you know the best move but she's not going to be the one who might go to jail for murder right so we cut to the music room in the chorus auditions. Hannah is like signing in, like writing her name on the chalkboard. We see that some of the other girls have already signed in. That's Heather Sherman, Jill Kosh, and uh, Renata Y. Ray. Yeah, I don't think these names mean anything. Uh, in the background, Hannah- we can hear somebody uh, kind of going up and down the scales, showing wee, off the pipes. Wee, 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 wee. Yeah, uh, somebody is flexing their vocal cords, and uh, Hannah turns around. And who is it? It's Mona. Uh, and I love the way Mona is. She just kind of like waves at Hannah as she's doing it, like the big smile on her face. Because, of yeah. course, Mona has like an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. I love her so much. And Hannah is just like, ah, God damn it. Yeah. I, I also hear that she's a pretty good dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to Ezra's place, of course. Ari's like sitting like on the couch. And Ezra in his like, Saturday morning lounging gear is just like messing around with some tools. And he's like, so what are you saying? I was like Allison fixing his bike or something. Filthy? 
yeah, I think he's fixing his bike. It took me like a long time to figure out because they actually say it at the end of the scene. But I was like, what the fuck is he doing with tools? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what has Ezra ever touched tools besides being a tool looking in the mirror? Um, yeah. So Allison or Arya says, yes, that Allison thinks this guy will lead her to A. What, uh, what, when really A is just going to make this whole confession lead back to them. And Ezra says that he can't believe Allison would actually do this. And he says so cheerfully, <laughs> she's crazy, but she's not stupid. Nice no. endorsement, Fitz. But I mean, you could describe all the main characters like that at least once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, Arya is completely insane. Uh, she, <laughs> says, stupid, yeah. she says, yeah, I thought so too, but a whole day has passed and that guy, he's still sitting in jail. And then she stands up as though she's just had a thought. She's like, everything's gone, right? The book, the research, the photos of Valley, all of it. Because Tanner comes here. And Ezra says, Arya, you were the one that sent Spencer over to help me move everything, remember? She's very thorough. You and I both know that. It's like part of him is still upset that his empire of lies and surveillance crumbled because of mm-hmm. Spencer. Like, because he wouldn't have stopped if Spencer no. hadn't stopped him. No. And so he wants to know, he's like, where is she? And Arya's like, who, Spencer? And he says, no, Allison. And Arya's like, why? And he says, because I want to talk to her, that's why. And Arya just climbs right up his ass. He's like, no, no, you are not. Uh, you just got your stitches out, Ezra, and you're about to take a bike ride for the first time in God knows how long. You just got the all clear from your doctor. You're okay again. You're really okay, and no, no, I'm not going to allow you to jump back on Allie's crazy train. Not with Tanner circling and A watching her every move. No. And it's like, bitch, you just got told to stand down. Mm-hmm. And Ezra's like, Arya, and she's like, no, promise me that you won't speak to her. Please, I like knowing that you're safe. And he finally nods. He's like, okay. He gives okay, her the I most, promise. most patronizing look ever. Well, he's definitely lying because he's blinking way too much. But yeah. uh, Arya relaxes, and then she like makes like puppy dog eyes at him. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry, I just had to c- completely order you around. Sorry, I stepped on your dick when I thought mm-hmm. it was your tail. Um, yeah, but like, this is a nice episode because a lot of the 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 four main girls like they all get like a little mini monologue mm-hmm. like delivered to another character. Um, so we come to the Delorentis sitting room where we see a picture of young Alice in the foreground, and then Emily and Allison walk in. And they ask, you know, how long to Allison's dad gets back. And Allie says, about an hour because Ken is meeting with a social worker. And Emily's like, why? And Allison says, he thinks I'm afraid of retribution. So <laughs> Emily, I roll. And Emily says that the reason Ken thinks Allie won't, uh, that's the reason Ken, won't, Ken thinks that Allie won't ID the guy. And Emily says that she knows Allison's dad is putting pressure on her. And she knows that this is the, 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 he's sure that this is the guy that kidnapped her, and that Tanner probably would love to tie this guy into Bethany Young and Jessica DeLorentis. Also, with a neat little Briefly, bow. while this is all happening, Allie like pulled like a a pillow with kind of like fringy, ropey, like you know, uh, fringes. Yeah, and she's playing with it with her fingers. And at one point, the camera like cuts to a close up of her fingers just playing with this. And I'm not sure if this is just supposed to communicate general like uneasiness, or is there something secret and subtle being communicated here? Because it's like this huge close up on her fingers as she's playing with like the ropey fringe. Well, I think it's supposed to imply that she's nervous or something yeah or just like mm-hmm. you said unease and emily's like and you and allison's like what about me and Emily's like you love that for once everyone seems to believe you and allie's oh, like that's not what this is about and emily's like good because i swear if you let some stranger go to jail because you're trying to cover your ass and allie drops a bomb she says he's not a stranger emily and Emily's like who cyrus what do you mean he's not a stranger do you know him and allie says i don't know how we found him how a found him but He's the one who gave me this. And she pulls up her dress to show Emily that scar on her inner thigh. Her upper inner thigh, yeah. And this definitely, like, throws Emily for a loop. And and the audience as well. It's just like, what the fuck? Seriously? 
Yeah. I only knew this guy because, I mean, she's doing a pretty good job of acting when she, like, encountered that guy. Yeah. Well, because we interpreted her reaction with what we knew. Yeah. And then you realize that, like, something else is entirely going on there. Uh, so after the commercial, Emily and Allison are sitting side by side in the little couch seat thing. And Emily's like, I we guess call just it a low seat. You could. Um, Hashtag Emerson. Uh, so you could get, I love PLL style. Like Emma's obviously just heard part of the story and she's repeating it back. Mm-hmm. She's like, you were living with this person in an abandoned basement. Did he know who you were? And Allison says that he knew just that she was on the run, but that he, he said he could tell that she was different, special. Well, the way and, she says that, she's like, he said he could tell I was different, special. And this kind of feels true because I don't think Allie would be so maudlin in a lie. No. You know? Like but, she's, she's kind of embarrassed. And her backstory is about to become like a Vanessa Carlton song here. Um, Emily's like, what happened, Allie? And Allison's like, he didn't want me. So we cue like a very interesting kind of flashback, different colored footage. And it's like, well, these are just like quick jarring flashes, like a couple frames long. It vibrates like we're holding on for like dear life in a memory quake. Um, Mm -hmm. We see Allison and Cyrus and two other people on a couch in this basement thing. And then we see that painting, the Isle of the Dead. Yeah. And is I mean, this is like less than like five frames each maybe it's very very quick flashes um and and it's all like kind of instagram filtery and ali says he just wanted my stuff or she says he didn't want me he just wanted my stuff my money and then like more flashes we see a quick flash of ali like crying on the ground in the basement we see somebody running upstairs yeah, yeah, Allison's like in a like a dress, like half on the floor, half on the wall, looking sad as she watches them go. And then Allison says, and the way he looked at me, like I was nothing to him. Yeah. You get more... I don't even know the full story yet. And I'm thinking, big mistake, pal. Yeah, more flashes of the, the alley like being thrown against the wall. Uh, Cyrus uh, like raising Running. a knife in his hand. Yeah. Uh, the Isle of the Dead painting again. And Allie's just like worse than nothing. Um, it's kind of funny not to, not to spoil anything if you haven't seen Gone Girl, but there's some funny parallels between uh, this season and Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Just leave it at that. And Emily kind of reaches over and takes Allie's hand. She's like, I'm sorry, Allie, but A is using this creep to trap you, to trap all of us. A wants you to identify him. You have to let him go. You know that, right? And Allie kind of like comes out of her daze and she's like, I know. Uh, and a tear rolls down her cheek. Emily looks very concerned. So we got the music room, uh, which I think this set is just like an added-on version of Ezra's classroom. Um, we look at yeah. the board. We can see that more people have signed up for auditions, including Lois Blumenthal, who was one of the editors on PLL, mm-hmm. which I think is a nice little Easter egg. Uh, there's just a few girls in the music room now. One of them is Mona, who's singing uh, Gravity by Sarah Borales to herself. Oh, and she's just belting it out. Uh, Hannah could not look she's, more disgruntled. She's like hitting like the high notes and the melismas. And finally, Hannah's just like, okay, Mona, we get it. You can freaking sing. And Mona just kind of smiles to herself. Well, she gives her this like, wow, bitch. So the music teacher comes out. You know, we find out that next up we have Jamie DeMaio, Hannah Marin, Ronnie High, and Mona Vanderall. So the girls are all heading like the smaller audition room. We see Mona getting up. We watch Hannah as she's heading in. And then we hear this like loud clank and a thud. Hannah and the music teacher uh, turn around, and there's Mona laying on the floor. Mona's Mo- fainted. Mona's collapsed onto the ground. She's just lying there. Um, I just want to point out, Mona has a Band-Aid on her right arm up by the elbow. The kind of Band-Aid you might get if you've been giving blood recently. No, brother. This will come up later. I'm telling you. Just, just remember this now. I know you're going to argue against me about this later, but uh, I feel like there's something here. 
Uh, I feel like I wanted there to be something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Hannah calls out Mona, rushes to her side. Hannah's like shaking Mona. She's laying on the ground. Cut to Emily's bedroom where Spencer's like chilling well, isn't on the floor. It, isn't it kind of like really unnerving to see like all powerful Mona Vanderwall like incapacitated? Well, I I keep going back to something Jacob said in the roundtable. Here's the worst, most vile monster of all time, and then they're going to give her a soul. <laughs> It's like, well, it's like it's like upsetting you're like hey like mona can't faint like what the fuck yeah like, well like when the 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 devil <laughs> can be defeated by something worse it really kind of scares you you know um yeah. like when your nightmare like is is fallible yeah um so spencer's like chilling in the floor of emily's room like laying out those alice and atm pictures like organizing emily comes in well, we gotta just... talk about how spencer is sitting here she's Sitting on the floor, leaning up against the like the foot of Emily's bed. Her legs are like splayed out wide to each side, and like yeah. she's dealing out the photos of uh the, like the ATM security photos of Allie like between her legs. It's a very bizarre way to sit, and especially with the like Spencer's like super long legs. But it's interesting. I feel like with those like uh, stockings or legs or whatever, mm-hmm. she probably couldn't sit Indian style. I, I think Troy Balsario's got enough leg mm-hmm. to like spread out. Yeah. Um, so Emily comes in and she is just like, Spencer, you're supposed to meet me outside my house, not in my room. And Spencer's <laughs> just like, your mom let me in on her way out. Um, like you had said before, it's those little lines they use to note that the parents exist, but they yeah. just won't be visible in these episodes. It's most used, I think, for Pam Fields and Mikey Montgomery. And Byron, yeah. Yeah, definitely, because they don't have him on the show. I love this. Spencer drops like a wonderful non-sequitur here. She's like, uh, you know, your mom let me in on her way out. She made me some snacks, carrot stick, and she like holds up this snack plate. But so, she says it like so, like deadpan. Is it possible that that wasn't the last carrot stick last season? Mm, yeah. Mm. And she uh, just like she gives Emily this look. It's like I don't know if she's being sarcastic or what. Like it's it's such a funny delivery, and Emily just like you know obviously does not want a carrot. I stick. wanted Emily to like slap the tray mm. out of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I don't want this in my house. It's not safe at your place. It's not safe at mine. And Spencer just lowers, yeah. Spencer lowers the plate in size, and then her phone rings, and Emily's like, "Is that A again?" And Spencer holds it up to show her, and she's like, "No, it's Noel Khan. He wants his loot back." And Emily's like, "Okay, don't answer." And she says, uh, "No, I have to. We might need him. What if he has more pictures or information that we can use?" And Emily just like takes her phone. She's like, "Use her what to turn on our friend?" Uh, yeah. We we watched Emily grabs the phone from Spencer and silences it, like. Can you just imagine that since the last episode, like, Noel Khan has probably been calling and texting Spencer nonstop. Mm-hmm. And she's probably been, like, enjoying it. Like, the frantic Noel Khan is, like, hitting her up because he needs something. Oh, yeah. She's she's delighting in it. Yeah. Uh, so, Emily's like, uh, Arya filled me on your great idea. It's not going to happen, Spencer. What we should be doing is burning this stuff. And so, she, like, reaches for one of the photos and Spencer kind of pushes her hand away. <laughs> And she's like, she practically slaps her hand away. Yeah. She's like, Emily, Allie's not our friend right now. She's a dangerous person who has no problem gambling with our lives. And Emily's like, she's not dangerous. She's hurt. Um, Well, Spencer's just like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Emily realizes she says something she shouldn't have. But given the way Spencer is dressed, I would assume that anyone who challenges her right now would have to back up that challenge over a sword fight on top of a Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Um, Emily's just like, she doesn't want me to tell you. And so you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Of course she doesn't. It's always the same with you two, isn't it? And Emily's like, just trust me, okay? She's not going to ID this guy. And Spencer just scoffs. And Emily says, she's going to wait out the 48 hours. And after the cops have let, have, after that, the cops have to let him go. And it's all over. 
Spencer's like, and you believe that after all the lies she's told? Well, this is our first mention of that, though, I think, really, is that there is indeed not just that they need more evidence to charge him, but there is a ticking deadline on mm-hmm. how long the cops can hold Cyrus Petrillo before he's a free man. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so you do believe that? And he says, I do. We're either all in this together or we're not. Which is, this is good advice, Spencer. I think you're a little blinded by your alley rivalry here. And Emily says, Allie's not the problem, Spencer. Melissa is. She's the one that gave Cyrus the recording of Allie's medical exam. I did my part. I talked to Allie. If you really want to help, talk to your sister. Spencer has gone from looking at Emily like she's the dumbest person she's ever met to like giving her this like the super cold look. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut back to the music room. We start on like the blurry POV of Mona. She's looking up at Hannah, the radiant image of Hannah mm-hmm. Aaron, who looks concerned, is calling out her name. Then Mona wakes up and she's disoriented, wondering where she is. We see that someone's like put like a folded up jacket under her head and like used a box to raise up her feet. And Hannah tells her that she fainted. She's been out almost a whole minute. Mona well, desperately needs her bag. I like how Mona, she tries to sit up uh, and Hannah like stops her and pushes her back down. There's some like serious touching here. Like some serious like Mona Hannah action going on. Thus all my fan fiction. Shipping it. Yeah. Um, like Mona desperately needs her bag and Hannah says it's over there. But like, you know, Mrs. Adonofi is like on the phone with Mona's, mo- Mona's mom. Mona like basically begs Hannah for her bag. So as the teacher comes out, Hannah goes over to get Mona's bag. Teacher kneels down, tells Mona their mom's on the way, asks if she needs any juice or water. Hannah goes through Mona's bag because well, it's of like course she, she can't, would. She can't help it. She's like, I have to see what's in this bag. Yeah. And she finds a printout of Cyrus Petrillo's mugshot with his name circled. And uh, we hear Mrs. Adenolfi saying, like, how's your head? Anything hurt? Or And Mona's just like, Hannah, my bag. So Hannah looks back. Kind of the wheels are turning now. The plot is further thickening now. This is what's fun about this episode. It's like. It, there's all these kind of like reversals and new reveals. You're like, what the hell's going on with the Cyrus guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the room like is, is Mona in on this now? Mm. Yeah. So it's night. Ezra's getting his coffee, and he turns to get some sweet and low, and he looks over, and there's Allison. She's sitting at that table where the characters usually sit if they're not in the liar's nook. It's the mm. same table where Hannah and Caleb had their bleary morning conversation after Toby's house blew up. Allie appears to be drinking like an espresso. Yeah. Just like a tiny little espresso cup. That's uh, interesting. So Ezra ponders it. Then he starts to head at the door to leave. Then he stops because he's thinking opportunity and he walks well, right like, back hmm, over to Allison. Am I going to break my promise to Arya? Yes. So he sits right down across from her and starts in with, you are not in this alone. A lot of people have supported you, done whatever you asked, gone along with all of your stories. And she's like, is this a threat? And he's like, no, right now it's an observation. And she's like, did Arya ask you to talk to me? Because if one more person tells me what I, what I should do, I swear I'm going to scream. And Ezra's about to respond with, oh, that's rich. But yeah, he's then, about to give her some sass. He's like, oh, but then Kenneth Laurentis, can I help you? And Ezra just like gulps. And he's like, if there's something you need to tell my daughter, you can talk to me or with the police. I hope you don't have a thing for young girls. And uh, of course, Arya just happens to be walking by in the background carrying like a box of decorations. And she sees this. Yeah, Ezra's like double busted. Uh, he's like, oh no, I'm so sorry. I was just saying hello. And he like picks up his coffee and runs away. Well, it's that fake charm that he puts on with the adults. Yeah. And Ellie, Ellie's kind of hiding a little bit of a smile here. That that had to be fun for her. Yeah. And Kenneth yeah. is like, are you okay? Was he bothering you? And Ellie's like, it's fine, dad. And as he's walking away, Ezra, of course, runs right into Arya. And she just looks so disappointed in him. Well, he gives her this look like, yeah, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks at him like if looks could kill Ezra would be a puddle on the ground so also she's else, wearing like a 
like cheetah, like a leopard print fur coat. That should be mentioned. It's like a like a Jackie O coat, mm-hmm. but like you know, cheetah fur. Um, Ken and Allison are just kind of like watching the two of them, and Ken checks his watch, and he's like, you know, it's almost time. I have to go to the police station because the cops will have to release Cyrus after forty eight hours. And Allison's like, um, I think I'm just gonna get a refill. And he watches her go, and he's like, two minutes. And he looks on his the look on his face is that he's very anxiously guilty, very stress and concern. Uh, I I liked Allie's line here about people telling her what to do because it's like everyone's condescending to her in this episode, and she's getting fucking sick of it. Like Whoa, people are constantly been, coming up to her and telling her this is what you need to do. And they have been since before she came back. Well, and it's like this girl has survived for two years on her own. Like, give her a little bit of credit. Right. She may not be able to drive, but she knows how to plot the ruin of men's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not mean for that to rhyme. We're on the main uh, square of Rosewood. It's night still. Uh, we see that Mona's like parked next to the park. Can see the police station. She's in her car with a laptop, doing her full-on hacking shit. Yeah. See, see on her screen, it says uh, discoverable Bluetooth devices. And That's there's bad. all these like cell phone listings. And then uh, Hannah Marin, badass Hannah Marin, just opens the passenger door and gets right in. And Mona just glares at her, shaking her head. And Hannah says, looks like you recovered quickly. Mona's like, you followed me? And Hannah says, yep. Whose car is this? Is this a rental? You really go full out. <laughs> I feel like Mona's got to be at least a little bit impressed with Hannah for following her. Yeah, Mona wants to like, lay down the law of Hannah, but Hannah's not having it. Hannah's like, Mona, there's a mugshot of Cyrus Pachilla inside your back. So either you set this whole thing up, or you've been blue scarfing the inside scoop. And Mona's like, blue snarfing, blue snarfing. And no, I didn't set this up. I'm here to find out who did. And I was like, great, me too. And then, like, there, we hear, like, a beep, and Hannah picks up some kind of device with, like, a big antenna. And she's like, what does this thing do? And Mona just, like, grabs it away. She's like, Hannah, get out. And Hannah says, look, Mona, we both know that Allie brings out the A in you. Uh, and there's a, a wonderful little, like, eye roll and smirk for Mona as she says this. It's like a head nod thing where she's like, she can acknowledge that that's a pretty good one, mm-hmm. but she doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, and Hannah says, so whether you're behind this or not, I don't trust you one bit, and I'm not leaving here until I find your answers, or uh, until I find answers either from you or that doohickey. And Mona's like, fine. She shuts her laptop, and Hannah's like, what are you doing? And Mona's like, if you won't leave, I will. And Hannah's like, are you sure you want to do that? And they they kind of, she looks out, and we see Tanner is exiting the station right now, and then we see Kenneth and Allie, like, walking over to meet her, and they all get in Tanner's car. And Hannah says, where are they going? You know, what do we do now? And Mona's like, we do nothing. And then on her computer again, she's picked up Tanner's phone. And Hannah starts putting her cell phone on, or starts putting her uh, seatbelt on. And Hannah says, Mona, we have to find out, you know, where they're going. We have to do something. Follow them. And Mona's like, no need to follow. I just got access to Tanner's phone. And then she types some keys and, like, turns the speaker on. And then we can hear Tanner, like, on, you know, radio. And Tanner says, 170 to control, transporting witness to Fifth Street House for possible identification. Mona says, take your seatbelt off, Hannah. We're not here to follow her. We're here to follow him. And she hands Mona the, or she, Mona hands Hannah the print, uh, printout of Cyrus's mugshot. And now this, more so than anything else, should be the next season of True Detective. Oh, yeah. This is True Detective season two right here. Because Hannah is like that old school analog mm-hmm. detective, and Mona's like the next Hannah goes gen. by her gut, yeah. Yeah. Han- like Mona's the next gen, like digital dick. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside the brew. Arnie's like angrily putting things in her trunk as Ezra stands there, which uh, I had to giggle like at the menace of that statement as I wrote it. <laughs> uh, and Arnie's just like, what did you say to her? And Ezra's like, that her actions have consequences. And Arnie yells, what about yours? Were you even listening when I asked you not to talk to her? And Ezra's like, yes, I was. 
And Arya's like, and you sought her out anyway. Yep. She can't get her. Yep, he did. He can't get her, her. She can't get her trunk shut. So he tries to help, and she barks at it. She's got it. I love that. Like, I don't know. Um, so he tells her that he didn't seek her out. He saw her, then made a split decision and walked over. And Arya's like, right in the middle of town, right in front of her dad. And what if Tanner saw you? Once she figures that out, that you and Allison are connected, it's over. You get that, right? Azra's like, I'm sorry, Arya, but not really. I really am. I was just trying to help out in the only way I knew how. By lying like, to me. By lying to me. And he's like, by talking to Allison. And Arya's like, yeah, the one thing I asked. And Ezra says, because... No, no, she, uh, it's a great little moment here. She's like, the one thing I... And she drops something, mm-hmm. sees it drop, continues, the one thing I asked you not to do. Yeah, so he crouches to try to like help her pick this shit up. Uh, and he's like, why are you so upset? And Arya has picked up like a framed picture of Zack and Ella and she just stares at it for a while. And then she picks up the rest of the stuff, like takes some shit out of his hand and like storms off and gets in her car, like without saying a word. Um, another, I don't, I don't think this means anything, but like Arya missed something. She leaves something on the ground. It could be like a book or like a photo frame or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't pick it up. El, or uh, Ezra picks it up mm-hmm. and kind of like he kind of holds it behind him. Like he's hiding it and like, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a production mistake, personally. Hmm. I feel like he's he saw that, like, you know, they're having a good take, and she, like, you know, Lucy Hale missed something on the ground, so he just, like, picked it up and hit it. Um, I don't know. I like, Maybe this will come back. Oh, I like it, though. I like that Arya is so just infuriated and, like, mm-hmm. moving so fast that she just, fuck that thing I dropped. I don't Because it's, it's I mean, you really have to freeze frame to see that she's missed something and that he grabs it. I mean, I love it's that not she, super obvious. She slams the trunk down. But even if she couldn't get that trunk shut again, I would be fine if her just driving off that thing open. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. I I don't like the implication that Arya is acting irrationally because of the residual feelings of the Ella Zack fallout from the last episode. Because there's two things I do like. One, that Arya is being irrational because that's who Arya is and it's delightful. And two, Ezra is a meddling douchebag. He is. I mean, I, I guess you could say Arya is, is being more protective than usual yeah. because of this. But it's not like Ezra is in a complete ass. I mean, he, he, like, she, she asked him to do one thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, she's being a little bit protective, a little bit controlling on her own, but it, it's not like she's not making some good points. Mm-hmm. You know, some very, very good points that this asshole doesn't get. Um, whereas, like, Caleb and Hannah earlier, I think Caleb had fairly good reason to be like, Hannah, where is this really coming from? Cause he knew that it was really about Allison. Um, also, what would you call Ellen Zach? Is it like Zella? Zala? Zala, Zella, I don't know. Uh, El. Yeah, you can't go the other way. <laughs> Ilac? Ilac, yeah. That just sounds like something you, you, like you'd get if food wasn't cooked properly. Um, to Spencer's house. Yeah, uh, Hastings house. Spencer's. Did you, just, did you just send me dialogue? I did, yeah. So do we only do this for Spencer and Melissa? Well, they, Spencer and Melissa, I feel like the reason we act at a lot of their scenes is because they're good. There's a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. and without a lot of extra stuff happening like some of the times it's hard to do these if there's a lot of like action taking place but their scenes are mostly just conversations well because yeah they're like modern shakespearean plays <laughs> i like that we've been doing this since at least what like their scene on the dock and season four yeah. mm-hmm. like hastings dinner theater uh yeah so, so who do you want to be uh well we'll get to that in a sec let's just there's like one line i want to get out of the way first so spencer is okay. like kind of carefully closing the door behind her and then off screen, we hear Melissa say, find what you're looking for. And Spencer like kind of jumps around at the start. Uh, Melissa's like standing in the kitchen in the dark, as you do, yeah, waiting for, waiting to scare the shit out of Spencer. And then she finally walks into light. Okay, so do you want to be Melissa or Spencer? It's up to you. 
I want to be Spencer. I think uh, that's fine because I think I usually play Melissa. I mm-hmm. would like to hear people like for upcoming episodes. Let us know who we should take on or what <laughs> scenes that we should act out. Um, so Melissa, she comes out of the shadows. And she's like, you know, did you find something you're looking for, or whatever you're looking for? You certainly were in there long enough. I was missing my blue sweater. You know, the one with the buttons. I thought maybe it ended up in the barn. Any luck? No, not really. I saw your computer. I know you're looking at flights. London, Zurich, Taiwan. So you're planning a vacation or are you just running away? How is that any of your business? I don't know, Melissa. Is it? I know you're helping Mona, okay? And now, is somebody making you do something that you don't want to do? Are you trying to run away? Is that what it's come to? Searching each other's rooms, looking for answers to questions that we're too afraid to ask? I only helped Mona because I wanted you to see that Allie hasn't changed. She's as toxic as ever. We both know Allie wasn't kidnapped. But sooner or later, she's going to get what she deserves. And I do not want you standing too close when that happens. So all this is just sisterly concern? Is it really that hard to believe? (laughs) Of course it is. In the House of Hastings? (laughs) Yeah. What did you do, Melissa? And I'm asking you, to your face this time. I can't tell you. Not yet. And Melissa kind of moves to the door. And Spencer says, you're my sister. Does that mean nothing to you? It means you should know that honesty does not come easy for this family. Okay, well, we can improve upon our genetics, huh? Let's at least try. I'm trying, Spencer. And Melissa opens the door and then she stops and looks back near tears, very emotional. It is not safe for me here. Or for you, maybe you should come with me. And then she leaves, and Spencer's mind is just blown a little bit more. It's well, like, that's the biggest fucking red flag ever. When Melissa tells you, run. It's not safe for me here, or for you. And it's like every time Spencer has any meaningful conversation with her family, she's just like new, terrifying like details come out, you know. But it's I don't feel like it's Melissa's never before told Spencer that she was the one. Mm-hmm. Who's necessarily in the crosshairs before? Like now, I take her very seriously, Spencer. Take her very seriously. But there's one question, you know, that Melissa didn't ask Spencer here. Which is what? Where did you buy that crazy fucking outfit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where one gets an outfit like that. Uh, so in a dark and nasty basement somewhere, light comes on. Tanner and Allison, Allison and Ken walk in, come down the stairs. This place is like stone, it's pillars and shit. It looks like it's either the basement of like a large industrial building or maybe like a large apartment building somewhere. I don't know. Um, and Tanner's like, this is where he said he kept you. This probably has been abandoned for years. Not a lot of neighbors around either. So are we in Rosewood or are we in Philadelphia? Um, said Fifth Street. I feel like we're probably in Philly. I, mean, based on, I believe the story that she told was that she was taken to Philadelphia, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like this kind of weird industrial basement. There's like windows high up on the walls and as Allie's walking down the stairs, kind of looking around, we get these like those flashes again, like she had with Emily, like, uh, to the same can. location in the past, where it's like she'll look at like this kind of like corner and then suddenly see like furniture there, you know, or like people. It's kind of like filling in the empty space that she's seeing now. Can it kind of reminds me in a much different style, but like content-wise, similar to like a composition from like Fight Club. Like, mm, yeah. like Alice is looking around and she's about to realize that she and Brad Pitt are actually the same person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that actually, earlier, I was thinking the same thing. The way the camera kind of shakes, it reminds me of the, some of the effects in Fight Club. Yeah. Like like the gate was left open, you know, the, the film is shaking. 
Yeah. Uh, and Kent's like, Allie, you okay? And she's seen more flashes. And Tanner says, Cyrus Petrillo may have confessed, but we don't have the physical evidence. We need to charge him. And our 48-hour hold is running out. I know this is difficult, but since you can't identify your abductor, I need you to try and remember this space. And Allie's looking around. She's very scared. And then the door kind of like shuts behind them. And Allie like flinches. And suddenly she's flashing back to this place in the past. Uh, and still like the camera is very shaky. Um, it's like kind of bright yellow because we're back in the day, but like it's like during daytime. Yeah. Uh, we see that that Isle of the Dead painting is leaning up on its side, like against some junk on a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie's like walking down the stairs. There's like a couple like beds here. It's like a place where like homeless people would crash or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some other people and Allie's, she's saying, come on, I want you to meet my friends. And she's leading Cyrus by the hand. And Cyrus is like, oh, this is crazy. And Allie's like, hey, guys, this is Cyrus. And there's, like, another, like, young man and woman. And Allie's, like, squeezing Cyrus's hand. It's obvious, like, Allie at least thinks they're a couple, you know. Well, like, great cut, like, back to her looking around the present day. Then another quick cut of what looks like Allison pressed against the walls. He attacks her. The editing here is amazing. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, old, like, Nicholas Rogue films in a way. But another flashback. It's night. Allison wakes up on a cot in a nightgown. She sees Cyrus walking away of her back. Well, it's like a it's like a really long shirt. I think is what it is. It's basically a nightgown. Yeah. Um, uh, see, she's Cyrus walking away of her back. She chases after him as he heads to the stairs. They struggle. He pushes her up against a shelf and like kind of throws her against the wall. She's trying to push him off. So he whips out a switchblade and just like one quick motion, like slashes her inner thigh. Well, it's like he yeah he he holds it up like high and then just like stabs down low with it. And Allie like goes down with a scream and. Then we see one of the, the, the girl from earlier who's like a seemingly one of Allie's friends, but apparently not. She like rushes down and, you know, then Cyrus like runs up the stairs with her. So they've taken her bag and Allie's just like, on like the holding floor. that chick's hand. Yeah. Yeah. Allie's on the floor crying and, uh, like holding her, you know, her thigh. This is the, uh, the origin of Allison's Baker Street regulars. Well, and this is, this shit's fucking dark. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like this dude totally like assaulted her. Um, so the, the flashback thing, I, I know we, we're both on the record saying we believe all flashbacks are real. If you ever see there, it, yeah. if ever there's a flashback that was not real, I feel like it could be these just because the visual style is so different. It's so kind of jarring and shaky. It's it like I, I, I don't know if the writers will go this way, but if they wanted to say that, you know, this different visual style is an attempt to show that Ali's like creating this in her memory, like I guess I would buy it, you know. I think the thing is the the flashbacks, the way the style they're presented is usually dependent on like through what what uh, uh, like lens you're looking at through. Mm-hmm. So like if, like Spencer when she's drugged up, you know, it's, it's one kind of like flashback style. Yeah. When Emily's like being hypnotized into like murdering Allison that night, it's one you know what two like different like nights are blending the one. It's one kind of style. Um, but with this one, I think it's just, it's so vibrating. Just the trauma. Yeah, Allison's trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is so, like, vividly strong, like, and real. Um, yeah, it's really scary. I mean, this is, uh, you know, similar to, to Gone Girl, which we were talking about earlier. Allie, the thought that she was, you know, safe and secure, uh, but apparently not with this dude. She just got played. Like she's, I, she's yeah. been like a- attacked, like physically, but also like she just kind of got beat, like mentally as well. You know, I, I think like my only real flaw with this is the fact that they, it's not that they don't communicate it, and they do it very subtly with some good visuals. But I feel like I wanted more about 
a longer flashback with Cyrus. Yeah, like, like to show like an affection or a warmth that how she they felt met, him. like yeah, mm-hmm. that, not necessarily how they met, but like the I guess they do communicate that she has some kind of weakness for him, and he betrayed that. I mean, I I feel like we could see more of that, like maybe something in the future, like exactly how did she get involved with this guy or, or see how she could have been duped, you know. But again, not to get into like the whole Paley versus Emerson, like like PLL Civil War. But for people who hate Allison, like I feel like this, you know, you're ignoring this if you if you don't want her to seem human. Yeah, she definitely has know? trauma in her life. You know, even we all suspect that maybe there's something weird going on at home. But even without that, like this scene. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, as this episode plays out, you kind of see how Allison processes these events. Mm-hmm. Like what yeah, they so turn we, her into. We go back to present day and Allie's, she's looking around and she, she's focusing at that spot up against the wall where she was like crying and bleeding in her flashback. And it's like she can't hide the emotion here and Tanner picks up on it and she kind of looks around and follows her gaze and she's like, you remember this place? And Allie says, I could never forget it. And Tanner pulls out her phone and Allie hugs her dad. Yeah, hugs him tightly. So after the commercial, we're outside the police station, we're back in Mona's car. Hannah sighs and asks how long before they release Cyrus. And Mona says, according to Tanner's emails, it could be any minute. He could come out the front or the back. And so Mona has access to state police's email. <laughs> of course. Well, she has yeah. her phone. Yeah. Um, it's it's L. Tanner's phone. So I always want to wonder, is that Lieutenant Tanner? Or is like her first name starting from L? Not that it matters. Haven't uh, we heard her first name? I don't think so. I think yeah. she just said Lieutenant Tanner. Hmm. Um, so Hannah says that she would suggest they split up, but she wouldn't trust Mona telling her what she saw. And Mona's like, well, the feeling is mutual. So Hannah's like, why did you tell Mrs. Adonofi that she fainted because of a panic attack? And Mona's like, because I did. And Hannah's like, since when do you have panic attacks? And Mona gives it back to her. Since when do you get sauced before third period? (laughs) Real time follow up. Apparently it's Linda Tanner. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so Hannah, Hannah, this is going. Hannah just looks away and Mona says, well, I'll say it if you won't, since Allie came back. Why do you think I went on the offensive? She scares me to death. I just didn't want to face her alone. And my notes just say, kiss. Yeah. This Can't resonates you two see her in love? Yeah. Uh, this resonates with Hannah. Then Hannah's like, cell phone rings. It's Caleb. She, she answers it. She apologizes for not calling him back. Tells him the audition went fine. There were a lot of other girls there, so she probably didn't get it. But then she says that she Meanwhile, Mona's just smiling at this and like typing. Like, ha, yeah. ha, ha. She says that she's about to sit down for dinner for mom, so she'll call him back. Uh, also, you can hear like the police like scanner going off here. Mm-hmm. And Mona's just like, line your boyfriend again. Nice. And Hannah's like, oh, please. Like Mike Montgomery knows a single real thing about you. LOL. Well, and Mona seems sad at this. Like, ah, oh, poor star-crossed Mike and Mona. She's like, tonight's the night Mikey like, loses his V-card then. Just because you said that, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere Mikey's just like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they hear Tanner over the police radio. She says that the suspect has identified the Fifth Street house. She's five minutes away from the courthouse. Eight minutes. Tells, or eight minutes, sorry. Tells him not to release the suspect from holding. She repeats, do not release Cyrus Petrillo. And Hannah and Mona just kind of look at each other, like, surprised. And... Uh, so I've got to Arya's bedroom, where Arya is wearing a cheetah print white t-shirt and talking to Emily on the phone. She sits on the bed. She's also cradling Pictunia. Oh, is she? Yeah, Pictunia's there. Oh, she is. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, Pictunia. I have to update all my theories. <laughs> Pictunia's like, 
Hang up now, Arya. We have plans to make. Before this show is over, Pictunia is going to play a role. I feel that in my bones. So what you want is for there to be a scene where something big is happening towards the mystery, and like Pictunia is just like sitting there. And like one of the characters starts to suspect that something's not right about Arya. And then mm-hmm. as they look over, like just shaking their head, they notice that the 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 pig's like head just tilts and looks at them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. And then they get clonked over the back of the head. Um, so, I see it. I see it kind of like Birdman, you know, where like Petunia talks in this low voice. Yeah, yeah. I like that poster. <laughs> so Arya's just like, I'm the one who's confusing things. M, I can't trust Ezra. I don't. People don't just change because you want them to. So this is, of course, right as Ella walks in the open doorway. <laughs> well, that's a, a little bit of progress for Arya. And, yeah, and how not she, shutting her uh, door. Navigates. No, not the the door, but just. Figuring out people don't change just because you want them to, you know? Yeah, yeah. But and, then she'll ignore that advice, I'm sure. Yeah. Ella's at the door holding the bag, and Arya's like, hey, can I call you back? Click. She just, like, immediately hangs up without a response. And Arya says, I heard you went out. What's in the bag? And Ella says, she walks in and says, it's my attempt to jumpstart my single life. I may have gone a little overboard. Would you wear this? And she pulls out this, uh, it's like a very short skirt. It's like crimson red. It's like all these like shiny sequins on it. Yeah. And Arya's like, yes. And she grabs it and she says, which is why you shouldn't. Arya just straight up stole her mother's skirt. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's uh, good advice. Arya's like, look, if I would wear it, you definitely shouldn't wear it because mm-hmm. I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Even if I am your self-appointed fashion guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ella's like, yeah, I thought so. So you're talking again to Ezra? And Arya's like, oh, uh, that was just Emily on the phone, but yeah, we're talking. So Ella sits across from Arya. Ella says that she went through two boxes of tissue yesterday and bared her soul to Arya about 13 times. And Ella says that, you know, Arya, you can talk to me, please. And then now Arya gets her chance to monologue. Uh, do you want to do this or should I? I'll do it. Hey. I thought he was gone, Mom. Really gone. And the whole time he was in the hospital, I just kept making up this list. The things that I would tell him if I just got one more chance. And now he's okay. And I'm so glad that he's okay. But I'm just still stuck with that list still. And there's all these thoughts and these feelings are just bashing around in my head every single time that I see him. And I want to be able to trust him again. Just start over. But you're right. People don't change. Aria, and Ella's, honey. <laughs> that's Ella's, not true. I was like, Jesus, your love life is more fucked than mine. Yeah, that's not true. People can change. I know because I've changed. You've changed. Even your dad has changed. That sad sack of shit. Arya's just like, Pfft. And Ella says, your dad was the one who got me up off the couch this morning. Okay, it was a ricotta pancakes. I know it's a small thing, but he used to be incapable of making anything in a skillet without turning it black. And Arya's like, mom, you don't have to try and make me feel better. But it's like, you know, she is your mother, Arya. Like, well, give her that. This is the Montgomery-like parent move. It's like, tell mm-hmm. some story about the past. You know, like when Byron's like, Arya, once when you were a little girl and I was afraid you'd catch on fire because you kept like getting near the roaring fireplace and I would take photos of you whenever you got your first period. Mm-hmm. Patriarchal hey, bullshit. Ella says, Arya, listen to me. I don't know exactly what happened with Ezra. <laughs> no, you don't. I feel like Ella's tone would change if she did. Oh, uh, yeah. She says, but I do know that Zach is not going to write the book on relationships in this family. It's it, definitely going to be Ezra. Well, I was uh, going to say, if anything, it should be all of the fucking men that these women have gotten involved with because they're all mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. Well, it's like way to encourage your daughter to like run back into the hands of a pederast, Ella. Yeah. Uh, but then in Arya's phone beeps. She checks it. It's a text from Hannah. SOS. Ali ID'd Cyrus. Need to meet. And Ella's like, is that him? 
And Arya just like attempts a poker face. Well, so just a reminder though, if I remember correctly, Byron's thing when he found out about Ezra and Arya, Ezra, mm-hmm. was like, how dare this guy? He's an adult. Like, also he's me. You know, blah blah blah. Ella's thing wasn't like you're an old man, you're you're a grown man, and my my daughter's like a teenager. It was like you're her teacher. Well, you've abused your position of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't even just the you're too old for her or anything. It's that you've abused this like this title that you have. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I guess Ella's now, I now guess. she's heard that uh, Ezra doesn't teach anymore. It's all good. Yeah. So we uh, cut to the driveway of the Dilorentis house. Car pulls up past like a parked cop car. Uh, we see Emily is waiting on the porch. Allie and her dad get out of this car, and Allie's like, "Em," and Emily says, "Allie, can I talk to you?" And Allie like turns to her dad, and she's like, "Dad, we'll be right in." And Kenneth like he like looks over at like that cop car for like assurance. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> I hope you don't take long." Uh, he heads inside, and Allie is just like, "You heard?" And Emily says, "Yeah, but I didn't understand. You identified him, Allie. I thought we were in this together." Allie says, we are. And Emily's like, no, we're not. Whatever A has planned affects all of us, not just you. And Allie's like, I waited as long as I could. Everyone was looking at me, being in that place. You weren't there, Em. And now it's time for Emily's monologue. Mm-hmm. Like, her hair's on fire. She's like, when? When wasn't I there? When Hannah broke her leg because of A? When I almost died in an elevator because I was trying to find out who killed you? Or when Spencer had to check into Radley because of everything, you know, everything your disappearance put us through? Do or you, that one time that A helped Nolcon or helps uh you know get rid of Nolcon to save Arya's relationship. I was just gonna say, did you hear all of the numerous hardships that Arya had to deal with because of this? <laughs> yeah. Not even her parents breaking up was mentioned. Yeah, and he says the past several years haven't been easy for any of us, but what makes it okay is that we stick together. We don't turn on each other. And Ali's like, I have a plan, and Emily says, Oh, I'm sure you do. The problem is you'll throw us all under the bus to pull it off. And you can tell that kind of cuts deep for uh, Allie there. And Emily says, I stuck up for you against Paige, against Spencer, against everyone. I wasted so much time on you. Which, like, man, that's harsh. Yeah, that hurts. That That is, like, to the bone there. But Emily, it's not even that Emily needed to say that to, to Allison. Emily needed to say that to herself. Yeah, and it's, oh, man, poor, I, I just feel bad. Not Not for, like, the ship or anything, but just what she's going through the it's, realize that the she's person just she's, saying like you know i was mistaken to value you basically the person she's put up on the pedestal all this time mm-hmm. wasn't worth it yeah. yeah and Allie's like emily i'm gonna make it right i am i can still find out who a is please and Emily's like i'm done Allie. i'm so done with you and she just pieces out poor Allie. yeah emily storms off into the night leaving allison looking very isolated like very devastated mm-hmm um yeah allison says that she has a plan it's maybe too late well it's like we'll get to her plan in a minute i don't know if she had brought in the liars on her plan if they would have went along with it anyway it's like they just don't they don't give her any credit and they don't trust her well i feel like without getting into what the plan is she would have basically if she had ever got a chance to say what her plan is when she got the eventual question of like why the fuck didn't you tell us this like two days ago she would have merely said like you would have acted funny yeah, I told you you would have you would have given it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the commercial, we're at Hannah's house. Caleb's over talking to Hannah in the foyer, and he's like, "If Ali identified the guy, then how did he get away?" And Hannah's like, "Well, once the clock struck eight ten, he was a free man." Hannah says that A must have had like a get getaway car out back. By the time Tanner called in the ID, Cyrus Petrillo was gone. So Caleb's like, "Well, gone or not, A still can use this against you." And Hannah's like, "I know, 
but Spencer has a plan. Kibbs like a good one and Hannah laughs she's like no it's awful even for Spencer and Hannah's like totally usurped Spencer's role it's like the clever one yeah like I feel in, in a way it's like Spencer was always trying to be like the leader and the smart one and like the point man yeah when like that that was too much for Spencer like Hannah can be the clever one Hannah has good plans well I feel like Hannah's SOS text should have been like, what's up, bitches? I cracked the whole case. Yeah. I mean, she was the one who was like, kind of figured out like, you know, who's in the box. Like, we need to figure out, you know, who that person is, you know, you know check the dental records. Like, Hannah's not stupid. Uh, and like, Spencer has been trying to like, kind of do everything for the group. Well, I think the thing about what this situation has delivered them to is in a way, it's it's not just these characters reacting, but like they're finding parts of themselves out mm-hmm. you know through all this emily finally found the strength to come out of the closet it's like hannah finally realized you know once she had to deal with all these issues and once she discovered that asshole james patterson that like mystery shit really is her forte mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like she yeah. has that naturally inquisitive investigative mind well and she she would make a good investigator because i think she's the most emotionally intelligent of all the liars yeah uh she's the one who like had the breakthrough with uh, dr therapy ann mm-hmm so she would she i think is a better read of, of people than the other liars are but she's know? she's just as inquisitive in a way that spencer is i mean like spencer always calls out hannah on like lack of tact mm-hmm. where sometimes spencer's not oh, the most yeah. tactful person either <laughs> so i think that's spencer's why, jumping out of her car to attack you because she you know saw something on the surveillance footage but that's why spencer notices it in hannah and that's why she dislikes it in hannah because it's mm-hmm. it's they're very similar in that regard um so the, like, Hannah and Caleb look over into the kitchen of the Marin house and we see Spencer is talking to Arya. I like the body movement here. Like Spencer's like really laying it out for Arya. Just like lecturing something. Arya. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Hannah apologized to Caleb for lying to him. You know, after everything she said yesterday, she didn't want to tell him that she was in a car with Mona, spying on Alice and making out with Mona. Oh, I'm sorry. I shit that. Uh, and Caleb's like, Hannah, we can get control back by, av- by avoiding what's going on, which is why Caleb drinks. <laughs> and he says, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I didn't exactly have a kale salad for lunch. Hannah's like, no. And he's like, try a bacon calzone. And they smile at each other. And he's like, hey, give me a call if you need anything. And she's well, like, she's, she's I like, will. I love you. And they make out. She's like, why haven't you put on 30 pounds since the 100th episode? Yeah. All you do is drink and eat like bacon calzones. This is like possibly the first time you exercised in 100 years was today. I mean, he is a teenager. I mean, he's, you know, he's a growing boy. I guess we could just assume that they've been having lots of sex. Yeah, they've been exercising. So yeah. over in the kitchen, Arya is like, sooner or later, Allie's going to get what she deserves. That's what she said? I can't believe that. Yeah, It's just hilarious how Arya has to always repeat back everything she's just been told. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer says, yeah, unless you basically admitted that A has something terrible in store for Allie and us. Look, it's not too late, Arya. We can go to Tanner. We can tell her the truth about Allie. And Arya's like, yeah, no, I know. You mentioned that like 16 times already. And Spencer's like, fine. And Hannah walks back in, a little pleased with herself, and Spencer's Blowing. like, what are you smiling about? <laughs> and it's like, it's just a smile, Spencer. Don't sound so concerned. She She's dressed like a teenage witch from the 90s, but she is glowing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hannah's like, you know, any word on Emily? And, and Arya says, no, not yet. And Spencer's like, you you guys, I know I said this might happen, but I still can't believe it. Spencer's, and want... she's always like surprised when anything goes how she thinks it will. Well, so in my fan fiction... Right after she says that, Arya's like, that's my line, you bitch. It's complicated. And Hannah's like, hey, that's my fucking line. <laughs> I can't believe you stole my fucking line. 
Yeah. All right. It says, Allie walking into an A-trap with both, eye- both eyes open? Me neither. Yeah. And then the side door opens and Emily walks in and Spencer's like, M? Or he's like, you okay? Like it, she didn't knock. She just yeah. opened that door. Emily has that uh, like envelope full of evidence about Allie. And Emily's like, you were right, Spencer. We can't trust Allison. Not after tonight. Arya's like, not you too. So basically, everybody is turned on Allie now, except kind of Arya. Well, but it, it fits in perfectly with Arya because Arya's always been the contrarian. Yeah, and also her and Allie had the kind of best relationship with each well, other. They, they rarely is. butted heads. Yeah, she is Allison in, in so a lot of ways. ways. She's she's like the the nicer version of Allie. Yeah, who's uh, who's too self involved to go ruin other people? Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> So Emily's like, look, I know this affects you more than the rest of us. Okay, I know that. But I really hope you can get on board. We need to cut ties with Allie now. Tonight. And Arya kind of looks back to Hannah and Spencer for support. But uh, she has none. Like, they all want to go talk to the cops. Yeah. Meanwhile, out in the woods. Mm -hmm. uh, We see Cyrus Petrillo is out there chilling by himself, waiting for somebody. Then we see someone's walking up to him. It appears to be a woman. We pan up some... Like dark clad legs, a black leather jacket, long dark hair. Um, I know a lot of people were like initially, like in this first five seconds, thought, oh my god, it's Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. But it's like to me, I always thought the body type wasn't right, the hair wasn't right. But Cyrus, is oh, like, in the five seconds, he thought that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Cyrus, my my visceral reaction when I watch this is like, oh shit, is it Melissa? Well, I just thought, I initially thought like, oh, they're gonna give us like a new version of a slash red coat or whatever. like we weren't gonna see who it was. Like, it's like the Vivian Darkbloom wig, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, but so Cyrus, Cyrus, Cyrus. Like, I was beginning to think you should, wouldn't show. There's a warrant out for my arrest. I barely made it on time. That wasn't the deal we made. And the camera kind of pans around this woman, and uh, they, they pull some, they're like reaching into their coat to pull something out, and then the camera moves up, and we see who it is. It's Allison wearing her Vivian Darkbloom wig. Well, I, don't you feel like the camera movement was kind of like a fake out to the audience? Like, I think they really wanted you to think. You're never going to see this yeah. person's face. And then they're just like, they boom, do. gotcha, it's Allison. And Allie says, you're lucky there is even a deal at all. I should have left you for dead when I found you. <laughs> when did this happen? I want to see that. Yeah, really. <laughs> no one would miss you, Sigh, not for a second. She hands him a plane ticket. And he says, you know, I could have told them the truth about you, how we met, all the fun we had together. Like, I feel like we need these flashbacks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Allie says, so could I. Then we both lose. Now we both win. It's like someday we're going to learn about Allison's training with like the League of Shadows and Raja Ghul. Mm-hmm. And he turns away and Ali's like, I found you once and you can bet your life I can find you again. This is your one chance to start over, Sai. You better use it. And he looks back at her and he's like, the way you've used it, Ali. And he looks at her, he's like, he's almost pitying, you know, and then he walks to his car. It's like an SUV. He gets into it and we see the there's a sticker on the back of the SUV. It's it's uh the same sticker we saw in the suv that ali was talking to in miss me times 100 mm-hmm. nice work writers they really like hid that in there like mm-hmm. this is this is some of the shady shit that ali's been up to when she's going out at night it's like coordinating with this guy this girl plays a long game yeah so it wasn't a uh it, it you know it wasn't uh mona it, it wasn't melissa this was all ali ali set this whole thing up she's once again you know telling lies in service of her greater truth which is that she needed people to believe her. Yeah. Well, and it's it's basically what she's doing here. Yeah, is is just a longer, bigger version of what she did with like Hannah's house and Ashley. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, um, I feel like the liars would have never gone along with this, but it's actually a really good plan. 
I mean, you think about when she got that text at the police station, like moments before she was going to have to tell them what happened. Mm-hmm. The line she came up with, I mean, plausibility wise, it wasn't great, but it was kind of like a perfect strategy because it wasn't something that could be e- easily disproven and allowed her to set this all up. Yeah. I mean, you think about like what she could have possibly said at that point to avoid having to tell the truth. I think she did a pretty good job on like very short notice. Well, I think their reaction, their very understandable reaction to the stuff with Ashley that one night, uh, mm-hmm. Scream for Me, I think was like her litmus test yeah. on how on board they'd be with this. But it's also, she's basically done her version of what Mona did for Ashley in season four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Cyrus drives off, Allison watches him go. Oh, uh, we then get like. Oh, I, I guess we should mention, um, if you want to believe perhaps that this is not Allie, this could be like her evil twin or something. That's certainly in play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, or I perhaps guess like her evil personality. It could be. Yeah. Her evil personality is still, is still where I'm going before I'm going to mm-hmm. twin, despite things that may happen in the future. I really want to see flashbacks of like what. What sort of weird fun did Allie get into with this guy? Oh, seriously, yeah. And then, like, but, uh, how did she find him later? Yeah, like, like what dark Allie? Uh-huh. Did she <laughs> find for him dead? In? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel I can only assume that he had like a needle in his arm or something, and she got mm-hmm. him off the junk, and then made him like worship her. But uh, ooh, could she be, have been hiding him in uh, the barn? Yeah, very possible. Hmm. Very, very possible. another another possibility. Yeah. Um. So then we get like uh, what we think. Also, I say we, we could we could think that it's like her evil twin who's just pretending to be her. A mm-hmm, little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get what we think is our A tag, which we see someone setting up a video camera to record. Like we're looking through the camera POV. We see like the the wreck, you know, in the yeah upper through corner. the viewfinder. And when we sit as they sit down, we see that it's Melissa. She sits down and addresses the camera, and she well, says, isn't this just like a terrifying image? Oh, yeah. kind of like stone face. Well, so we should go ahead and say here that because they've already hyped it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Episode, the fatal finale. The, the fatal finale was coming and that a character would die at the end of this half season. And so people really only had two suspects and one of them was Melissa. But uh, she's Melissa says, Spencer, you're right. I have to tell you the truth before it's too late. And then she takes yeah, a m- breath. Making the uh, the video of yourself like and and like everybody knows somebody's gonna die in two episodes it was like oh shit they're gonna kill melissa but they had also hyped like just through twitter and what have you that the next episode was going to be not only like a melissa episode but where she reveals her secret mm-hmm. and yeah we're gonna find to out that. melissa's secret in the next episode but before we get to that we get the a tag uh, a is watching like the 42nd annual pennsylvania dog show on tv yeah um we hear the announcers talking about this. Uh, what A is um, doing while they watch this? What, what's that? I was just going to say the uh, the male and female announcers are those same two voice same actors two. who always make the announcements for like phone. They're voice They're probably stuff. like on the crew, I imagine. I really want their voices to be on like the voicemail for the PLO writers' room or something too. Mm. Like like I want them to like like trade off with like hi, you called I Marlene King. She's not here right now. <laughs> yeah. So what's A doing? A is folding laundry. We see on a like a table in front of A, there's um, there's a hoodie. Ace folding another hoodie. There's a bunch of like socks. There's like black jeans. There are I think what is supposed to be the masks, and yeah, like so. perhaps some underwear there. Um, hey, underwear. Well, I, I was looking actually. I was like, is there like a bra there? You know, that would some give us some kind of hint. I mean, that one of those things could be a sports bra. I guess mm. uh, it's kind of hard to tell because it's just like black cloth all folded up. There's black gloves. 
A finishes holding folding this hoodie and then pulls out the uh, a candy striper outfit, like from the hospital that the liars are all wearing. Oh shit! And A folds that up nicely and stacks it as well. So, hmm, mm-hmm. what's A gonna do with that candy striper outfit? A's got to do their laundry too. Yeah, A's also a really good folder. Yeah, yeah, very meticulous. Uh, mm-hmm. and I like the way this plays out though because you remember back like in Unmasked, we saw that like Mona had like the uh, the row of hoodies. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's smart. You should have backup to like your supervillain gear, you know. But it always makes you wonder, like, is this for someone else too, or is, is there this a team? Just, yeah. yeah, or is this just you know spares and backups and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. And that was the episode. That was a dark alley, mm-hmm. alley with dark hair out of nowhere at the end. I definitely did not see that coming in this episode. No, no. I mean, like you're just... you're thinking the whole time, like whose plot is this? Like what's going on? And then like, oh, Ali planned the whole thing, and then suddenly you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and re- rewatching it to do this, I mean, like you couldn't help but see it. But at the time, yeah, I had no fucking clue. The whole Cyrus Pachillo thing was such a loop that they threw us for. Yeah. Well, and it it makes sense why she never wanted. Like she's just like she doesn't want to say anything to them. She she's just like, you know, stop telling me what to do. But she can't say, I have this under control because, you know, she doesn't want to tip her hand. Right. And so all that, you know, all their plans of following Cyrus to lead them to A, that wouldn't have worked. She just, she told the liars that that was her plan to kind of throw them off the scent. Yeah, exactly. So our next episode is the wonderfully titled, No One Here Can Love or Understand Me. What a fucking great title. I believe the first line from a song called Bye Bye Blackbird. Mm-hmm. No one here can love or understand me. And it's a Melissa episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we got a nice glimpse though into how Allie like processes things in here. Like they destroy her inside, but then she puts on this like steely outer facade and makes her into herself into this like larger than life cloak and dagger figure. Mm-hmm. Um and becomes a nightmare person. <laughs> An awesome nightmare person. For reals yeah all right so that was the episode um thanks to everyone who's been hitting us up on twitter uh i wanted to mention sarah on twitter did a little video response to you know the theory that we have um my theory of course is that uh hannah and emily are not real they're like the imagined cells of aria and spencer she kind of like took that and kind of put her own twist on it where she thought that it would be Arya and Emily were the fake ones. I think she feels that Hannah is like more real than uh, Arya is, basically. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting video. Uh, it's it's on our Twitter if you want to go find it there. Uh, she also uh, had some thoughts on the Hogwarts houses. Very adamant that Hannah is a Gryffindor. It's you know the the Hogwarts houses are funny because I feel like they're defined so obliquely that you can kind of like like i feel like hufflepuff is probably the hufflepuff and ravenclaw are both very uh like hufflepuff is like kind of like for the normal people and ravenclaw's for the smart people but gryffindor and slytherin you can really kind of slot whoever you want in there and just make an argument you know because they're they're defined very slightly in in the, the novels which is interesting though because i don't think we really get into we don't get into paleo emerson so other than that like the Hogwarts houses is the thing that we get the most mm-hmm. like adamant. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion yeah. because it's, it's easy to, I, I think you can make an argument a certain way. I mean, I, I also like Gryffindor, especially like 
it was like they're the brave ones or something you know like to me like gryffindor is always just like these are the cool kids right right um but i i like sarah's video i like i think i don't necessarily know that i fully agree with her but i think she makes some really strong points for well, I, her, her point of view i should mention part of the thing about the theory that i didn't mention in the pll roundtable wasn't it wasn't just um, character traits that I thought were similar between, say, like Spencer and Emily and, and Ari and Hannah, but it was also, especially in the first episodes, it kind of seemed like Emily, or not, yeah, Emily and Spencer, like, both live across the street from Allie at times. Yeah, yeah. Like, the way it's shot and well, edited. Well, look, look at, like, sometimes, you know, Allison is right across the street from Emily, and then, I mean, or Maya certainly is right across from mm-hmm. Emily. And then, like, who knows where the hell Emily lives? Allison and Hannah's, or uh, Ari and Hannah's houses, like, the, the literal, like, layouts of their houses have changed and warped. Yeah, I mean, some it's of it's like just that, the, uh, the pilot was shot. House. Yeah. Some of it's a pilot shot in a different location. But it always seemed like Emily and Spencer seemed to live, like, right next to each other with Allie. Um, also, Arya, her and Hannah both have, like, kind of marital discord, at least in the first season. You know, with Hannah, her mom's already divorced and Arya's is headed that way. So there are other things than just certain personality traits where it kind of seemed like they could be the same person. Well, and it's a nice thing about this theory is it's we're not saying that literally these people are, are spectral imagination yeah, yeah. characters, but it's a fun way to view the show, just like Sarah now has her her version, which I think, like I said, I think she made some good points. It's I think it's actually nice... in, for this episode, especially, you can kind of see that with like Spencer and Arya. Yeah, yeah, I, but I think it's this is a great show. We talked about in the roundtable about how not a lot of shows have that thing where you could even bullshit what the spinoff would be. Mm. There's such rich side characters. I think the show has, and I I like I like people responding to us. You know, no matter how in depth they go into it, because I I think part of the reason you do a podcast and put it out there in the world, put it on Twitter, do us like that, is that you're you're not just saying your piece, but like I think you want to want to start like a conversation. And yeah, I think and we've been lucky that the people who've who've responded to us. If I could rant briefly about uh, certain people who watch a show, I see this a lot in the PLL subreddit. It seems like some people are have like a very kind of narrow view of like what a TV show should be, like like something that was too unrealistic, or like where are their parents, or you know, like people mm-hmm. that get really hung up on details like that. I feel like you're just like missing all the fun that you can have with a show like this. Like this show is really written for you to kind of fill it out with your own ideas and theories. And, uh, you know, I mean, all the, the, the twinning and doppelganger stuff they do. I mean, if if you've ever read Heather Hogan or Jacob Clifton's recaps, they go in some really neat and interesting places that if they were spending their time worried about where the parents are or something like that, you're just going to miss. Like, I, I feel like there's, there's, uh like a fincher quote where he's like there's two ways to like direct a scene the right way and the wrong way mm-hmm. there's two ways to watch a show there's a right way and a wrong way and if you're complaining about like the the verisimilitude of the show it's the wrong way yeah well i think you know like it's it's one thing to say like what you would do in that situation what the realistic real world mm-hmm. you know situation is all i want from a lot of these things is satisfying hand wave logic <laughs> what i would call the my parents are out of town being lawyers reasoning. Yeah. Just do that. That's all I need. Like, like you said, there's, there's plenty good reasonings for why they don't ever go to the cops. The show oh, does like, a good job of setting that up. I mean, and that's could, all I require. You could watch Breaking Bad and just be like, why doesn't he just take the money from his rich friend for uh, his family? And it's like, well, then there wouldn't be a TV show, you know? 
Like at a certain point, you'd have to say, clearly the writers are they're trying to do more than just tell like this is how it would happen in real life if you were cyberbullied. You know, yeah, like yeah. they're they're kind of big operatic themes at play, and I think they're a lot of fun, and people should kind of dive right in and, and have fun and, and make your theories and and all that. I think that's that's how how do you do it? It's kind of funny you brought that up for Breaking Bad because I would I would throw out to the PLL fans discuss the nature of pride in this show. <laughs> how does it reflect on the characters of PLL? Um, we'll probably post this later in the week, I'm guessing, because Benji's about to go on vacation. But uh, mm-hmm. just to give you guys an idea of like the real world time space that we do this, thank you, Natalie, for just posting nine minutes ago. I see on Twitter uh, something about us, which we really appreciate. Yeah, thanks to everybody who hits us up on Twitter. Uh, you can get us at at bros watch pll2 and sorry at bros watch pll2 our website page is bros watch pll2.com uh, where you can go if you want to leave like a longer comment uh, also if you like us uh, feel free to rate or review us on itunes we always appreciate those as well mm-hmm. uh, yeah we'll be back to talk about no one here can love or understand me next time we're, we're almost there three episodes to go yes we are and they're good episodes too mm-hmm mm-hmm All right, well, uh, until then, have a good one. Toodles. Bye.